We're having a good time in this series, I do know that, and we continue on in that today, talking about detours. Thinking a lot about the road, being on the road, and as I've been thinking about that, I got to thinking about, what if you were to start your own transportation company? If you were to do that, one of the things I think that would be really important would be to pick a mascot that would demonstrate your commitment, your priority to getting your customers to their destination safely and quickly. And so if you're starting a passenger railroad, you would not want to call it snail rail, right? That wouldn't be a good thing. Or if you're starting a rideshare company to call it Uber sloth probably doesn't communicate what it is that you're trying to, to get across there. What you would want to pick is something like a, a greyhound. That would be perfect because they're lean, they're fast, they're going to move you quickly to your destination. That's what the people who got on a particular bus thought until they actually got on the bus. It was in the news here just a couple of months ago about some people who got on a bus in Cleveland and they were on their way to New York City. The bus was to leave at 2.30 in the morning, but it had three and a half hours of delays. So it didn't actually take off from Cleveland until about 6 in the morning and it made its way well into Pennsylvania when the spokesman would later say that it encountered a road problem or a road issue. And so they had to turn around and go back to Cleveland. But the driver on his way back, they encountered a detour and he got lost. And so this bus that was supposed to make its way from Cleveland to New York turned around and because he got lost, 10 hours after their trip was supposed to leave, they arrived in Toledo. Two hours the other way from where you'd be going if you were going to New York City. Then they had to go another two hours just to get back to where they started. Now, I'm sure that you've got a detour story or two of your own, but I can't think of any that is worse than this because they both started and ended in Cleveland. LeBron James can't say that. <laughs> he started there, but he's on his way to L.A., all right, we've all got a different detour story. I've heard a lot of different ones in my life. And one of the common denominators to any detour story that you hear is the person telling it is not happy. They're not happy about the detour and where they had to go. You never hear somebody say, and then we came around the bend, and I looked ahead, and there was that orange sign, and it had an arrow and said detour. And I thought, yes, we get to take a detour. Nobody ever says that not on a trip that we take on the road. And the fact of the matter is, what we hear oftentimes also is in the rest of life, whenever there is a detour, we feel the exact same way about it. No, I don't want this detour. I don't want to get off of the path that I so much want to be on. Maybe you've experienced it at work, where you've gone into work and the boss has called you into the office and, and he says, don't worry, you're not losing your job, but we are cutting your pay. And you're like, I have to pay my mortgage with that, and I just refinance, and I need that money, and this is a major detour. Or maybe the doctor calls you up and says, I'm sorry, but you're not going to be able to get pregnant. And you're devastated. Or maybe you are able to get pregnant, and you have the child, but the child has developmental issues. Or maybe the health issues are your own. Or maybe it's both. It's yours and your child, like we just heard from Marie. 
and the circumstances just start swirling around us, and we know that we've encountered this detour, and it's like, I don't want this detour, but we don't have the choice. We can't say, well, I'm just not going to observe it. I'm just going to keep going forward. I'm just going to go right into where I was going anyway. We can't do that. It's hard. It's discouraging. And what are you supposed to do when those circumstances come up? Well, we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about detours when life takes you off course. See, there's some characteristics about detours. And if we anticipate those, if we can think ahead about those, we can bring ourselves to a place that maybe when those detours come, we can navigate our way through them in such a way that is actually helpful instead of, I just want to avoid this at all costs. In fact, we might even come to find that detours can be beneficial in moving us to a place that we otherwise would not have chosen to go. So there's some characteristics. These are laid out for you there on your outline that you received when you came in. And you can jot these down if they're helpful to you to do so. The first of those characteristics is that detours catch us off guard. There are a lot of different people in the Bible. If you look at their story, you see that their story is one of a detour or multiple detours. In fact, most of the people that you think of in the Bible, if you just kind of think through your mind, they encountered some detour of some sort. And the Apostle Paul is certainly among those. He's a guy who had a detour from blinding lights and from illnesses that would not go away from being imprisoned for his faith. And we're going to take a look at another one today because he was on trial at one point and uh, for his faith in Jesus because he was preaching the gospel and the people who were standing over him and in charge decided that we need to send him to Rome. And so they put him on a boat with a bunch of other prisoners and a bunch of sailors and, and off they go. And at one point along the journey, it's described for us as they set sail off into this calm breeze that was blowing perfect sailing conditions but then this is what we read as that text goes on it says before very long a wind of hurricane force called the northeaster swept down from the island the ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind so we gave way to it and were driven along the battering is so bad that they begin to throw cargo overboard, their provisions overboard. That means there's no way they're going to get all the way to their destination. But right now, they've just got to save their lives. And it was so bad, they said they had to tie ropes around the ship to hold it together. How bad is that? I mean, I once had to put duct tape on my bumper to hold it on the car. But here, this is a whole different league that they're operating in. Ropes around the ship just so it doesn't fall apart. The ship was sailing under beautiful conditions, and the next thing you know, these hurricane force winds have crashed in on them. And they are completely at the mercy of the wind and the waves as they sweep them along. And that just might sound familiar to you because there are times in our lives when it seems like we're just smooth sailing with a gentle breeze going on in our life, and then bang, all of a sudden, we're in the fight for our lives or for the desire to keep the circumstances that we have been in the same as what they have been. Or just trying to hold on to at least as much as we possibly can because that detour has come up. And it's difficult. It's a challenge. So what often happens in our lives is that we enjoy them as much as we can. We go along while there is smooth sailing, and then the detour comes along. It catches us off guard. And we just kind of do our best to, to get our way through it, frustrated, maybe angry, 
probably heartbroken at the fact that we've lost something that was so important to us along the way. That's the way that it happens, and it's the pattern for most of us in our lives. But I need to tell you that there's an an inherent flaw in that thinking. An inherent flaw in living our lives and finding ourselves in those sorts of circumstances. See, to live such a life makes the assumption that life is to be lived in straight lines and that the detours that come up in our lives are just unfortunate pieces of bad luck that came upon us. That there's no way we would have ever anticipated. No way that we wouldn't have been caught off guard. That's the way that we live. But whoever said... Whoever promised you a life of straight lines? And who even said that straight line living is the best life anyway? Not James, the brother of Jesus. You want to know what he says? It's this. Consider it pure joy, he says, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. He's telling us that the detours of our lives take us forward oftentimes into something that is better than if would would have just been a straight line from where we are to where it is that we thought we wanted to go and how it is that we wanted to get there. And one key to helping you take on that perspective is to stop allowing detours to take us off guard. One of the jokes that's told in pretty much any northern city in the country is that, well, there are just two seasons we have around here. There's winter and road construction. That's right. We all know it, and it seems as though winter these days is getting longer, and road construction season is getting longer too. And that would be funny if it wasn't so true, right? Absolutely. All right, we know it's going to happen, yet we come around a bend, and there's the detour sign. It's like, oh, how could this ever happen to me? This is so horrible, right? Perhaps if we would have gone into it with the understanding that we've already been complaining about, that there are detours all over the place. It wouldn't have caught us so off guard and it wouldn't have left us in a position of frustration. And that's not just true about the road of life. It's true about the road that we live day by day. See, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. In this world, you will have detours, is what he's saying. And if we know that they are coming, they won't catch us off guard. It doesn't make them any more fun. It doesn't make them any more welcome when they come into our lives. But if we know that they are on their way, if we know that that's simply a part of what life is about, and it's not always for our bad, sometimes it's even for our good, we don't need to be caught off guard. We might even recognize there's something that God would do in me through this circumstance. And then I can rest in him to accomplish what it is that he wants to do in me. We might even be able to get to the place where we can say, I count it all joy. Brothers and sisters, when various detours come into life. One characteristic of detours is that they catch us off guard, but they don't have to. We can prepare ourselves for the moment, for the day when they are going to come upon us. And when they come, we can simply be in a position to say, God, what is it that you want to teach me? How is it you want to lead me? What is it there, that there, uh, there is that I can learn through this circumstance that I am in? Instead of taking a long time in the tailspin, maybe not even coming out of it, or once we do, saying, okay, God, now what? But how much time have we lost? How much faith have we set aside? How much grace have we ignored in the meantime? 
Detours catch us off guard, but they don't need to. Another characteristic of detours is that detours are often self-induced, self-inflicted. We bring them on ourselves. In the account of Paul's journey on the ship to Rome, they made a stop at a place called Fair Havens, which is a great name for a port city or a nursing home. (laughs) In fact, I even know a Fair Havens nursing home. It's a beautiful name for that, but also for a port city here as well. But while they're there, this debate arises. Should we go on or should we stay? Maybe we should just winter right here where we are. Or should we go on and try to make it to our destination? And Paul chimes in. He says, man, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our own lives also. Paul has said, this is not going to be good if we go on, but he's outnumbered, and they say, we are pressing on, and they do, and that's the moment that this hurricane force wind rises up against the ship, and it's torn apart. See, the detour of facing the storm on the open sea was totally avoidable. In fact, they had wisdom that had been given to them that they could have taken and applied to their situation, but they set aside the wisdom. And I don't know about you, but I've been in circumstances myself where I've been given wisdom for this is the direction that you should go. This is the way that things are going to work out well for you. Maybe it came from a parent, maybe it came from a spiritual advisor, but here is some advice, here is some wisdom for how you ought to go, and I've just ignored it. And maybe you've done some of that too. And when that happens, there's a detour that inevitably comes up. It's like, where'd that come from? Well, it came from your unwillingness to follow what it is that you've been wisely led to go and do. See, here's the thing. Obedience is a great detour deterrent. You've been told in your life you shouldn't lie. But when you do and you get caught, it's going to result in maybe time out, maybe in the loss of a job, maybe in a fractured relationship, depending on who it is that you've lied to. You know that you shouldn't steal, but if you steal, there's a decent chance that there is a detour coming for you that could very well land you in prison. And all of those detours are self-induced because we knew we shouldn't go down those paths. We simply chose to go down those paths on our own. So ask yourself what there is going on in your life right now that if it was found out or if it goes on to its natural conclusion, what sort of a detour is it going to create for you in your life? How is it going to stop you from the progress that you would desire to be making and take you off in some other direction? Now, some of those are very obvious and very much in your face. And when you go down those paths, there is a consequence. And that might have something to do with paying a fine or maybe you have to go to court. Maybe you have to move out of your house because of the way that the relationships have been lost. Maybe it results in an estrangement from a child or more. Sometimes they're very much in your face. Sometimes they're much more subtle than that, but they still have devastating consequences. It might be that you're filling your mind with thoughts and images and pornography and it's like, well, this isn't hurting anybody. Not recognizing that you're creating a detour in your own life, in your own relationship that you are inappropriately from God's leading into some other relationship that you're in. You don't recognize the devastation that is actually happening because of the choices that you are making, the detours of that relationship that they're going to suffer as a result, or maybe you're just lazy with your spiritual walk, and it's like, well, that's not all that harmful. 
I kind of know what the Bible says anyway. I'm not missing out by not being faithfully in God's word and not faithfully praying, not recognizing what the detour is that is keeping you then from going where it is you would desire to go or experiencing the blessings that you would otherwise desire to experience. Sometimes we complain about the detours that come into our lives and we love to blame people or we love to blame circumstances or we love to blame God for what it is that's happening in our lives or not happening in our lives when all along it is simply something that we have brought on ourselves because we've invited the detour, because they're self-induced, because we knew the direction we ought to go and we chose to go a different one instead. And as a result, we put ourselves in the position that we find ourselves. Character of detours is that they are self-induced. Another character of detours is that they require relinquishing control. Detours require relinquishing control. One of the things I hate about road detours when I come up to them is all they do is say, go that way. Right? I would love it if the detour sign said, now go that way. You're going to go that way for a mile and a half. Then you're going to turn left and you're going to go up to this road. Then you're going to turn left again and it's going to bring you back three miles down the road from where you are to where it is that you otherwise would have been. That's the detour I want. That's not what the detours say. They just say, turn here. And you have to blindly, on faith, go down that road, hope that whoever was putting up the signs that day was having a good day, put them in the right spot that takes you to the correct turn and then ultimately gets you back to the path. That's what I don't like about them, is that they just make you sort of blindly follow. So when I come to a detour, my first thought is not, well, wherever those signs take me, that's where I'm going to go. My first thought is, how would I get from here to where I'm headed if I couldn't take this road? How would I do this? And I sort of take some sort of strange pride in being able to go away that is not the detour that is marked. I know, I've got a problem. I recognize that I've got a problem. And I can tell you what my problem is. My problem is I don't like relinquishing control. I like to be in charge. I like to do it my way. I like to think, well, I've got a better plan than there because they're going to take us on major roads and I might know a minor road and I can get there faster than what they had planned for me. Right? Okay, I'm, <laughs> this is like counseling now. All right. Now, now, I might be able to live with that sort of peculiarity in my own driving habits, but it's a different circumstance altogether when it comes to navigating the detours of life. See, when we face the detours that shake up our world or shake our faith or shake our health, we can't just ignore the leading that is provided for us and say, I'm just going to go my own way. I'm going to make it work out for myself. And I don't need anybody to tell me what direction I'm to, to go, what I'm to learn, how it is I'm going to handle the circumstances that are out in front of me. Detours require that we would trust and put ourselves in the hand of the one who knows the end from the beginning anyway. But sometimes we have trouble letting go and allowing God to lead us. When Paul was at sea in the hurricane force winds, the text tells us that everybody on the ship gave up hope of being saved. But Paul tells them, but now I urge you to keep up your own, keep up your courage, because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. 
you must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. This picture of the ship just being blown by the wind is a helpful one because there wasn't anything on the, anybody on the ship who could do anything about it. They just had to go wherever it is they were blown. See, Paul is reduced to prayer and trust, and the Lord met him there in the middle of it all. And the outcome is that Paul found the Lord there. It built Paul's faith. And Paul also then has the opportunity to speak into the lives of other people who are facing their own detour, who are there right beside him to give them some perspective. His trust is being built as he rests on the fact that he serves a God who is going to carry on to completion the work that had been begun in him. Paul is able to say, Paul's the guy who wrote that. If you go to Philippians, and the promise that he is clinging to here himself is a promise that you and I can hold on to as well. Whenever your detour comes, however significant that might be, however much it might take you in a direction that it's like, God, you can't possibly want me to be here. You can't possibly be in this. We can rest in the promise that God is carrying on to completion in our lives the work that he has begun in us. And even if we can't see the end at the beginning when we have to start to take the detour, it doesn't mean it isn't fully established for us and it won't be the very best route that we ought to take. Detours require relinquishing control. And it's not until we do that our faith starts to grow, that our trust builds, and we really start to recognize how it is that God is working in our lives. One last characteristic we find here is that detours always serve a purpose. Detours always serve a purpose. There's no doubt that everybody on this ship with Paul wanted to be somewhere else, right? They do not want to be there. This is a detour of epic proportions, and they all believe that they are going to die. But just as Paul said that God revealed to him, they're not going to die and they don't. But neither do they find themselves at the intended destination. Instead, they run aground on this island or near this island and the name of the island is called Malta. And there are a bunch of people there. It was an inhabited island and they go and they meet these people and they're nice people but they're people who definitely needed God and a perspective of, of what is or who is God. At one point, they're they're recognizing that something's happening to Paul because this snake jumps out. The snakes jump. It, it sprung out of a fire and attached itself to Paul's hand. And they know what happens when that happens to someone. They start to swell up, and pretty soon they die. And that's what they're expecting to happen to Paul. And they say to Paul, you must be a murderer because this snake has done this to you, and the gods are getting you for that. Well, Paul doesn't end up swelling up and dying. And so they say, well, you must not be a murderer, you must be a god. That's quite a transition in one sentence in the text, all the way from murderer to god. Well, no doubt, Paul tells them, I am not a god, but he uses that as a springboard into proclaiming to them who the true god really is and taking the gospel then into that situation. Paul and his fellow shipmates were also welcomed by the chief official on the island and taken to his, his palace, his residence, where his father was who was sick and he was dying. 
So here's what happened. Paul went in to see him, and after prayer, placed his hands on him and healed him. When this had happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. If it had been up to Paul and the other people on that ship, they never would have set foot on this island. But because God brings this detour, they end up on the island, and physical healing and the gospel go forward with power on Malta. It would not have happened if Paul would have had his way. If it was straight-line living, Malta would have been completely sailed right by. But God had something else in store for the people of Malta and for you and me too. And he knows where we need to be. He knows where we need to go so that the very best of all things can be accomplished, can be worked out. And it's a beautiful thing to see. We're so quick to complain about the detours in our lives because they seem to be getting in the way of the things that are important. Right? Isn't that how you feel when they come? Absolutely, that is true. But the truth is that detours don't lead us around what's best. They lead us into what's better. It feels like we're getting stuck, but it's not leading us around what's best. It's leading us directly into what's better, and God knows it. The other day I was traveling toward the North Hills on a road I've been on hundreds of times. But this particular time, there was a detour. And it took me around another way. And this particular time, I did follow the detour, at least to a point. And I got to an intersection, and I thought, well, I'm going to have to kind of backtrack from where I know ultimately I want to. Maybe there's another. And I thought, maybe this road here will take me. So I took the road. And it was not much of a road. I mean, it was a tiny little thing. It, didn't, it wasn't even striped. That's how small this road was. But it took me this little cutoff that I didn't know was there from where I was to where I needed to get. And it ended up being so much faster than if I had taken the route that normally I would take and that most of us do drive when we go in that particular direction. But I never would have discovered it if it hadn't have been for the detour that kind of woke me up to some other direction that ultimately took me there. It was the detour that caused me to not miss out on a better option. Or another illustration of that. Many of you know the story of the Israelites who were escaping their Egyptian captors. And they come out after the, the plagues and the miraculous demonstrations and all those things. And they come out and they're escaping Egypt and they're being pursued by the Egyptians. And so there's a very clear path that you would want to take to go to the destination they're heading from where they're starting. It was very obvious. It was a straight shot. They could have just made their way there. But that's not the way that God took them. When they come out of Egypt, instead of going the straight line, God takes them around another way, which causes them to come straight to the Red Sea. It also puts them in peril from the Egyptians who are now pursuing them because now they're hemmed in. And there is no doubt that the people of Israel wondered, why are we going this way? Why didn't we go the straight line shot, shot? We could have made it so much faster. And we could have escaped these people who were, now we're stuck. There's no hope for us. Of course, hindsight tells us there was hope for us, for them. 
And it's precisely because they were brought right there to the shores of the Red Sea that God did a miraculous provision for them, parted the sea, allowed them to go through, demonstrated his miraculous provision, and took care of their enemies all at the same time. And if you read through the scriptures, particularly the Psalms, you will, you will see that for hundreds and hundreds of years, the people of Israel continued to celebrate what God did there through a detour, taking them away that they never would have chosen to go on their own. We continue to celebrate that today. We continue to celebrate the fact that God is a miracle-working God, and one of the reasons we know is because we know about the Red Sea. A detour from what would have been the straight line, natural way to go. Friends, the fact is, in your life and mine, it's the same way because detours always serve a purpose. They always serve a purpose. If we bring them on ourselves, which we talked about earlier, then God will use them to get our attention and get us back onto the road that we ought to be on. If they are ones that we sort of feel are inflicted on us, we didn't, they weren't of our own making, then the clear evidence of the Scriptures is that God uses them to accomplish something that we wouldn't have had the opportunity or the inclination to go and experience on our own. Just ask the people of Malta after the visit from Paul. Just ask the people of Israel after they crossed through the, the Red Sea on dry ground. And ask yourself in your own circumstance. Is it just possible that God is choosing to do something in your life and through your circumstances that while you didn't wish for it, while you still probably don't want it because it is something that has made life uncomfortable or there's been a problem that has come along with it, is it possible that God can work through that circumstance as he works to carry on to completion the work that he has begun in you? And the answer is yes. It is most definitely possible in fact, there's no reason to doubt that God is not using the circumstances, the detours that are present in your life to take you to that which is better still. I don't know what your detours are today. I don't know what the circumstances are that are standing between you and the smooth sailing that you were hoping for. But I do know that God works in detours. And I do know that detours always, 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 always serve a purpose. And I know that God is carrying on a completion in you the work that he has begun in you. And while it might be difficult and painful to endure the circumstance that you are in, while there may be a lesson in it that he is trying to teach you that will help you to move in a direction to align your life in a brand new way, and sometimes there are difficult choices that need to be made to move yourself beyond the detour, that it's all for a purpose that God is working out. The writer of Proverbs gives us some very helpful direction when he writes, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Your own way that you're going to avoid the detour, that you're going to run around it, you're going to plan your own direction. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him. Submit to where it is that He desires to take you in faith and in trust that He is working out His best. And He will make your paths straight. And sometimes the straightest paths to God's purposes go right through the biggest detour.
So today I invite you, I challenge you to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, submit to Him, and He'll take you where it is that you need to go. So instead of railing against the detour that might be present in your life, ask yourself, Lord, what is there for me to learn about you, about me, about what it is that you desire for me in the situation I find myself in? Put yourself in his hand, and you can watch him lead you to his very best for you, even if that means walking a detour along the way. Heavenly Father, thank you for the fact that you don't just put us out there and get us moving and say, good luck, I wish you the best, but rather that you are with us, that you engage us, that you interact with us at every step along the way, and that sometimes there is something better for us to be experienced, maybe because it's, there's some sin or some problem in our life and you're getting our attention and you're trying to pull us back off the road we've put ourselves on because it's a self-induced sort of detour that we are experiencing. Lord, thank you that you love us enough to not just let us go our own way. Also, Lord, thank you for the fact that sometimes there's something more that you've called us to, something more that you have in store for us that you want us to do that you want to bless us with and through us bless other people as well. And we would ask that like the Israelites, that you would take us to the place you would have us to be, even though it might not make the most sense to our minds. Because as we follow after you, as we put our trust in you, you are going to reveal yourself and your power and your provision in that circumstance. And it's going to lead us to the very best that you have in store for us. So Lord, give us the courage, give us the faith to move ourselves forward in that way. Thank you that whatever comes our way, that we're never alone. We're never on our own. But that you walk with us each step of the journey. Lord, help us to walk faithfully where you lead us to go, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.